Welcome to Firefighting in Canada, the podcast. You've tuned in for compelling conversation on hot topics impacting Canada's fire service. From Hope, BC, I'm Fire Chief Tom DeSorcy. And today on the podcast, we are talking about mass notification, or in this case, public emergency alerting. And uh, the guest uh, today joins us uh, to talk about that is Jacob Westfall. Jacob is the Chief Technology Officer, CTO, and one of the co-founders of uh, the Public Emergency Alerting Services Incorporated, also known as Peasy, and they are the uh, mass notification software company based in Calgary. They are the, the developer of Alertable, and we're here today to talk uh, about mass notification as a whole. And Jacob, thanks very much uh, for taking the time today. Joining us from, uh, from Sarnia, Ontario today. Yes, thank you, Tom. Glad to be here. It's an interesting thought, you know, when you think about public uh, mass notifications. Is that the right term to use? Is it mass or public notifications? What what does the industry speak? <laughs> well, well, definitely you can use sort of both terms uh, interchangeably. The The idea is, is presumably when you're using a mass notification is you're reaching a large number of people, but it may not be public. You might have, you know, a large number of people within your organization. You got a thousand employees, you got to evacuate a hospital. That's 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 a mass notification. But when you're when you're talking about public alerting, that's typically when it's going out to the public and it's assumed that it's going to be a very large number of people. So a little background for you and how you got involved in this industry. And and I and I'm taking it that Sarnia plays a fairly, uh, fairly big role. Absolutely. Uh, so that I'm born and raised here in Sarnia, Ontario, and we've got about 40 percent of the petrochemical industry in Canada located here in the area. And so we've been through fires, spills, releases, hazmat incidents. Uh, growing up, that, that, that's a very common uh, understanding is you've got to know how you're going to be alerted in the local area through sirens and, and, and other methods. And then what actions you need to take to keep yourself safe because, you know, incidents do happen. And so that, that's always been very top of mind uh, throughout all my life. And that's how I, I got interested in how to improve on that communication and how we can uh, adopt new technologies in order to make sure people are aware. And, um, and to this day, it, it's, it's, it's very important uh, in, the, in the local area and, uh, and important, of course, to keep everyone safe. What, what are the layers, I guess, of mass notification? Again, you said sirens. I, I think that goes back to the, uh, the Cold War days or even before that that was kind of the only way uh, unless you get into a town crier or something, how, how, how did people get notified? There must be some history there. Well, absolutely. So definitely sirens is, it was uh, something you, you're right, brought in, brought in during the cold war, but even before that days, um, radio was the primary method that you would alert to individuals. Um, and so radio continues to play a key role, radio and TV. Um, and it's certainly part of, uh, part of the mix when you, when you start thinking about how we're going to alert people. There's not as many listeners anymore, obviously, to, to some, of those, uh, some of those channels compared to some of the new media methods. But it's still a key resource in order to reach out to people. Um, certainly when you've got sirens, the siren doesn't tell you what to do really, right? And so that was always part of the, the hand in hand where you would have the siren go off and, and your instructions that you'd hopefully told the people in advance to be would be to, okay, you hear a siren, go inside, turn on the radio because that's how we're actually gonna be able to speak to you and tell you what needs to be done. So uh, those are really the two key foundational pieces uh, of, of alerting that's been with us for quite some time. 
That was key to to public messaging was the fact that I used to work in, in radio back in the day. And that was what we were telling people, you know, and we still do, of course, is to have that radio that those batteries that you would be able to tune into some local channel. Hopefully today that local channel is available and actually live so that it can broadcast some kind of message. Now, here in British Columbia, people would be familiar with sirens still on the coastal regions. You know, tsunami warning systems are basically a siren and hopefully again that's what the community is told they know what to do when those sirens go off exactly exactly and and so th that is still a key message um, is to have those those radios you know is, is that's that last line of communication because the uh, the radio towers typically from those stations have a battery backup they can run during emergencies they reach a wide area you know when when all other communications fail radio is still there for you and so it's still a key player for emergency alerting so in, in the world of mass notification, first off, how many providers are out there? There, there are several obvious choices when it comes to, to signing up with a provider for, 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 for a community to actually use. Absolutely. So the, the Canadian marketplace, there's probably at least a dozen or more local firms that are sort of Canadian-based firms. And then there are many firms that are international, certainly from the United States and others. So there is, is a very wide marketplace when it comes to the availability of, of a mass notification solution. And it can be, uh, you know, as we were talking earlier, it can be very targeted for internal, for my employees versus more of a public focused uh, system that's it's reaching out to thousands or tens of thousands or millions of people, um, depending on, on the needs. Yeah. It's, it's not as just as simple as say, signing up with something and then making sure that everybody is, has access to it. There, there is that education piece. How difficult is that to get the public to, a sign on to the uh, to the app for a provider and then start to understand what the messaging actually means and what they're supposed to do is that a difficult task absolutely i think that that's that's the piece of work that gets underestimated the most is that that public education piece um, you know, when it comes to looking for a solution, well, that's not too, too hard, right? There's, there's, as I said, there's, there's a variety of solutions out there and, you know, you, you can definitely find one to, to fit your, your needs. But once you've got it up and running, the, yeah, the key challenge is how do I get people to sign up? And then once they've signed up, how do I get them to listen to what I'm telling them? Because there's always that presumption that, oh, if I just send an alert, people will jump to it and, and do exactly what I'm telling them to do. But in reality, that, that's, that's rarely the case. They don't sign up and they don't do what you tell them. So, so that's the real challenge. Yeah, you see the real challenge and, and talk more about that in terms of, you know, the messaging that people receive and how they treat that messaging, whether it's serious or not serious. I mean, my, my first impression years ago of public notification was the doomsday response, right? Things are happening. You need to react right now and deal with it. But then again, are people being over notified, I guess, maybe is the question. Well, well yeah, there is a real body of social science um, experience and knowledge and study going back to, to the 50s, primarily around how would people respond to that uh, you know, Cold War scenario, as well as how do people respond to weather um, alerts, because those are really the most common, you know, your tornadoes and, and whatnot. Uh, those are the most common type of emergency alert the average person's going to get. Um, and so a lot of that research did inform the fact that the public, first of all, they, they do not panic when they receive an emergency notification. You'll see that in, in, in a lot of media, you know, radio, TV, movies, people get an emergency alert and they kind of go running and screaming through the streets. That's absolutely not the case. That's, that's not what the public does. 
for the most part, when the public receives some sort of out of the blue type of emergency notification, they're very skeptical. That's just a natural human reaction is, huh, does this apply to me? I don't see anything going on. Is this legit? You know, those types of questions come up. And so the most common uh, response through all this research and experience is that the public doesn't take an action. They don't do what you want them to do. They sort of mill around and they, they might ask a friend, hey, did you get this or did you hear this? And so the challenge is how to craft a message that actually gets the public to take action rather than just ignore it or dismiss it because they don't uh, believe it to be real or, or, or that it doesn't apply to them. Are, are communities using it properly for the most part in terms of the mass notification systems? And, and the, you know, when you say people get the message, can you, can you over message people when it comes to these, uh, these, these uh, systems? Absolutely. You can over message. And, and certainly we've seen a number of examples of that where the public does tire of messages that don't apply to them. And, and I think that's key is that when you're sending a message to someone, the more personal that message is, the more it applies to them, the more you're telling them what to do and, and it applies to their situation, the more willing they are to, to accept receiving those messages and then take the actions. It's when a message that that person who receives it, they don't think it applies to them. That's when that over alerting or, um, you know, you're spamming me, you're sending me a lot of junk uh, notifications. That's when that, that kicks in. So the key is making sure that your message applies to the recipients who receive it. And then they don't mind as much receiving those and, and, and the fatigue doesn't set in. How would you recommend a community that first gets involved with public alerting? How would you recommend they, they handle it? Is there, should you be developing policy as to when you push a message out or, or, or what you actually, what meets the threshold of that type of emergency? Is that a, is that a, a, a worthwhile endeavor to, to make it a system? Well, if I was if I was looking to to set up some sort of system, I would first recommend to communities that they develop sort of a level of awareness of what may already be available to them, because um, that is a key challenge: is just awareness within the emergency services community of of the tools that you may already have at your disposal. Um, certainly, uh, you know, we, we just heard recently from the Nova Scotia shooting inquiry, very tragic situation that number of the emergency services community members weren't even aware that you know the alert ready system existed or that they had tools available to them so i think right out of the gate is if, if you're thinking about something you I, I do a little investigation first what is already available to me and then you can take the next step of okay how can we supplement how can we add to that how can we maybe tie all of these different methods available to me together so that i now have a more cohesive method of reaching the public I think part of the education, you know, for the general public is to know how to work their particular um, application, you know, in terms of deciding what notifications they want to see. That has to be a challenge. Again, we talk about training of the public. Uh, a lot of outside agencies are, are using those systems, the, the weathers and the, and the road conditions. And those, uh, those agencies are pushing out their own messages essentially on the platform that the municipality would use, I would think that would, that would sort of contribute to the confusion sometimes, would it not? Absolutely. That, that confusion of who is this message sort of coming from? Why am I getting it? How, how does it apply to me? 
And so that is a, that, that's a key concern is how to make sure that your message is, is well understood in terms of uh, in terms of those parameters. And so that's that's definitely a key part of when you're crafting a message is to identify yourself. And, and you'd be surprised how many times I, I see in after action reports or I see a message that the individuals who send it out, they didn't identify what agency they're with. Where they just assume that well because i've sent out this emergency alert and it's gone out through these channels you you know that it came from so and so and uh, for this agency and whatnot so absolutely identifying who this message is coming from being very clear and upfront that then can take advantage of that built-in trust and respect you've built with the community through your other outreach efforts that they're going to, you know, trust and respect this message that they're now receiving from you. But without that, you know, that initial connection that you're making with the public by identifying yourself, you really lose a key part of that capability of getting the public to take that action. What role does social media play in public alerting? And I think that that is sort of the has been the go to for everyone to sort of get their information to see what's going on around them. Uh, is how has the industry, the alerting industry, dealt with social media and I guess integrating it into the uh, the systems that they want to provide? That's an excellent question, and and I think it really ties into how again human beings sort of interact when they receive these types of messages. The most common response, as I said, when someone gets an emergency alert, is that they don't take an action or they they question the legitimacy of that particular message. And one of the most common actions they'll take is they'll reach out and ask someone else, hey, did you get this? Hey, does this apply to me? So they'll look for validation of what they've received. And so social media plays a key role in that validation. When an alert goes out, you may be reaching an individual directly with your alerting system. They may then turn to social media to look for that confirmation. Did someone else get this? Hey, have you heard this? Does this apply to us? And so integrating social media into your, um, in, into your, your whole plan helps with that confirmation aspect. And so that should be key is that I've sent out this message. And then I look to social media to help with confirming its legitimacy with the public. And that's where, you know, again, that, that key of looking at social media and making sure that that two-way aspect is incorporated into that, that the public may be asking questions or they may be questioning the legitimacy of that alert on social media. That's all normal. That's all sort of part of the process of, of them understanding whether this alert applies to them so that they'll take action. And so using social media to help with that confirmation aspect, very important and, and makes your message much more effective. You know, and you say that that uh, belief, if you will, and I, I, I've experienced it firsthand. I mean, I was in Ottawa a number of years ago and uh, in a in a taxi uh, cab driving to an airport uh, driving to the airport to get an alert to say that there was a tornado warning. And it's like, this is Ottawa. This can't be true. This can't be real. And sure enough, it was. And you kind of that's your first reaction. So human behavior obviously plays a huge part in this. I mean, don't look any further than than a small town with a power outage. How many people pick up the phone and phone their neighbors to ask if they've got power? I mean, <laughs> that's what people do. Absolutely. I think. They, they want to see, exactly. hey, what, are you, do you have power? My power is out. What's going on? So they're trying to qualify it. What's what's the next generation, I mean, of, of public alerting? I mean, and I want to touch base on the on the local government versus provincial government versus 
federal government. I mean, whose real responsibility and role is this to actually start taking control and notifying the public? Well, definitely in terms of where things are going, um, it's we, we have in, improved communication technologies and, and, you know, it's constant change there. And so the ability to target individuals better, to be able to make sure the notifications reach them um, in appropriate fashion uh, is, is better. And so, we, you know, we've had a, a national public alert system available for over 10 years that, you know, and it, it originally incorporated radio and TV. And then in 2018, it brought in smartphones. And the idea is that each generation and improvement to our alerting systems make it easier and easier to target individuals more accurately. So that, as I said, you know, that that message is more applicable to them. They understand it. And so they'll take action. So that that's really where public alerting is going, is that, that granularity. We're able to more accurately send you a message that's about you, it's personalized for you to make sure you will then take some actions. So that's definitely where things are going. Um, but you know, in terms of how to do that, you're right. There's a real mix at the local, uh, the provincial and national level because there's different systems, different players. How do I access some of them? How do I, I might not be able to, there might be policy that, that revolves around that. And, and that is absolutely a challenge. You know, we talked about training the public but we have to train the user. We have to train the actual uh, community, the actual local government or even provincial or federal government as to how to use and when to use a mass notification system. Uh, most providers uh, are gonna be training local governments. Are the local governments getting the message? I mean, I know that we all do it differently, right? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that the local governments really have got the message uh, well because um, you know a lot of these technologies are somewhat new to them. Uh, typically. Um, and so the, there's there's lots to, to learn there. I, I guess a key message would first of all be awareness. As, as I said, you know, um, you know, tragically in Nova Scotia, they weren't even aware a system existed. So just that awareness piece that you, you have systems, even if you haven't bought one, you still have ways of alerting the public is, is, is available to you. And then the second would be um, don't underestimate, you know, policy hurdles that might be put in place within your organization. Um, you know, when it comes time to issue a communication, you know, that you might have to get approvals from someone. And so that is a key roadblock is, 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 you know, approvals. And so that's something that can be done absolutely in advance, no matter what your communication methods available to you, you know, sorting out in advance, who's allowed to send a message, who's the backup for that person who's allowed to send a message. Can I have a couple messages that are pre-screened in advance that I fill in the blanks and I'm allowed to send those out. And, I, and maybe, maybe my dispatchers are allowed to send those out. Maybe, you know, guys in the front line are allowed to send these out because they've been approved in advance. They're just filling in the blanks. And now I can get my communications out without running into to a policy hurdle at the local level that, you know, the only person who can send this out is the mayor. Well, no, the mayor's already approved that this is available. This can go out. And, and, and I maybe just want to further reemphasize that this applies to sort of all your communication methods. So not just, you know, the electronic ones that we're sort of talking about really uh, to today, but this applies to your door to door or when you've got to, you know, ev evacuate a building. What are the guys saying when they're going door to door or, or you know, the folks who have to go over the, you know, the PA system to say, please leave the building. Having those messages prepared in advance and, and it's clear and understandable that's key as part of your policy 
um, uh, hurdles that you're, 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 you're removing when you're getting ready to set up and, and message individuals? It's it very, that's a big, big point. And I, I appreciate you bringing it up because you, you talk about one word can change an entire notification where you, you're telling someone they're on alert versus being uh, under order. Uh, that can change everything. Uh, and it's happened, happened before. And interesting you bring up about in the field. You know, I know a lot of my colleagues in the fire service that uh, we've talked about being at a major event, at a, at a big fire, at a, at a large scale incident and using social media to tell people to stay away. And it, it's not uncommon to have incident command be there and tap out a quick message to say, hey, stay away from the area. There's a huge crash, those kind of things. But I, can you, I, I've never thought about people actually in the field using a mass uh, public notification system. That's interesting. A lot of the newer platforms allow you to, to, to notify people directly from a smartphone or a device or a tablet that you might have in the vehicle. So you absolutely can issue, you know, from, from that location. But um, as I was saying, you know, that those notifications also apply to, to literally, you know, your door-to-doors or your, your signage or some other, other methods that might be very localized to the scene. So having that identified in advance of what to say and how to say it um, can, can really make things easier. Um, and, and quicker. And it's always key is that, you know, you've got that early message that you want to have prepared. That's the one that you want to have pre-screened and approvals for <clears throat> so that it's very quick and easy because you can always follow a message later with more details. But to get the public to sort of take action, you want to confirm that something's happening. And so they might, you know, smell smoke or see high water. And so you're, you're confirming that, yes, there is a potential threat. You may not need to take actions yet, but we want you to be aware. And when we do tell you to take action, be prepared to do so. You know, you, you don't want that out of the blue, middle of the night, um, wake up call to be the only reach out you do to the public during an incident, because that, that's, again, that's going to be very difficult for them to understand. Yes, it applies to them and take action. So if you can sort of confirm something in advance, yes, we're currently responding to a fire or yes, we're currently responding to flood or, you know, something along those lines. You don't have to necessarily get into a lot of detail with your initial out of the box uh, alert. It's more, you know, letting them know something's happening. You're, you're sort of priming the pump and then you can get into a lot more detail later. And so that's where that person from the field being able to take that first step of confirming something's taking place. And then if, you know, it moves to an order or alert later, that's when you can have a little bit more detailed messaging that goes along with it. Um, and, and you might have more approvals and process, of course, to, 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 to coincide. But that out of that box, um, confirming something, um, very key message to have in your back pocket that you can use anywhere. As a provider, as a developer, you know, again, does human behavior, the way people react to messages, does that change the way you roll out the changes in the, in the, into developments in all the mass notification companies? Do they have to adapt to the way people are trending to use them? Absolutely. Um, incorporating new technologies uh, in terms of how to reach individuals is, is key. You know, if people are, are, are using new, new, new things like smartphones, um, smart speakers, um, smart devices, um, you know, your, your fridge is going to in the future tell you to, uh, to what to bring when you need to evacuate. Here's the items in your fridge that you should take with you. You know, that type of smart technology, as I said, is, is really where we're going to be able to target and, and help the public better understand what actions to take. But not only that is when they receive the message, how, to, how, to, how should they, how, how are they reading it? 
what are they looking for? You know, uh, so things like icons and colors and maps and, and other ways to enhance the message so that you're becoming more visual <clears throat> and helping to understand for the end user what to take, what actions to take. Those are all important aspects of improving the message uh, as a provider um, so that, again, the, the public understands and, and knows what to do. The, the next generation really is not necessarily a blanket notification, but more of a targeted one, even within a community, I take it. Absolutely. De definitely being able to target within a community. And so, uh, you know, a good, a good understanding of how to target, for instance, is, you know, the wireless alert system, reasonably new in Canada, been here about four years. That does have some very useful targeting capabilities that many uh, people within the emergency service community may not, not know about. Those, uh, those systems are able to target based on cell towers. And so any device connected to a cell tower that uh, gets triggered is going to be targeted. So within a something like an urban community where you might have a bunch of different cell towers, you're potentially going to be able to, to notify people based on a block, you know, where they are and, and, and be able to very finely target them versus a rural community where you might have one cell that services the whole town and larger region. When you target them, it's going to target you know a very wide area. It's it's more a little more difficult with those types of technologies. So understanding how those uh, the, that targeting takes place is 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 key. But we are moving to better and better methods of targeting uh, individuals, and so that is some of the work underway with the, the next generation for cell. Um, uh, and, and wireless type of learning. As I said, it's based on cell towers. The next generation that we're working on now is that it sends out to the cell tower, but then your device also knows where it's located based on its GPS position and can make its own determination whether I turn on or off for this notification so that you can even further target that individual. And that, that's really the next gen where we're going with that type of uh, capability. It's fascinating. In in general terms, uh, your message to uh, to any uh, anyone in particular to a community that is not, you know, connected to uh, any mass notification. Where do they start? What's what's the message you'd send to them? But definitely, the message would be first that awareness piece. What capabilities do I already have? And so, within Canada, there is that national public alerting system that is available across the country. Different jurisdictions, different provinces have different methods of accessing it, different restrictions, but just being aware of what is already available to you through the national system, I think is a key message. Then, of course, going in and looking at what other platforms and, and methods are available to us, you know, as I said, you know, it could be the, the low tech door to door. Um, you know, the siren, speakers, other methods like that versus the more high tech, you know, we've got our website, we've got our social media. And so that would be first off is awareness of what is available to you today. Then it would be moving into, you know, where do we want to go? Where do we want to improve in terms of our capabilities? And what types of messages are we going to want to send out through those, through those channels? Um, get it, getting those in, in, in order in advance. I appreciate your time, Jacob. Thanks for the uh, for the insights and uh, very, uh, very interesting and certainly worth looking into more if you haven't as a community. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. Thank you for joining Firefighting in Canada, the podcast. Visit firefightingincanada.com for more episodes.